We're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 3 in our study today. I want to call attention to Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. We're going to be talking today about the theme, When Dr. Jesus Pronounces You Dead. This is a very sobering lesson. It is sobering because the Lord Jesus has under the microscope the church at Sardis. They had a reputation in their town. And we want to talk about the reputation that they enjoyed. And then think for a moment or two about the reality of where they stood, spiritually speaking. I want to begin our study today by, first of all, talking about Dr. Jesus and his pronouncement to the saints in Sardis. As we begin this lesson, first, there is an examination. And then secondly, there is an evaluation. I want you to listen to what the Lord Jesus Christ said to the saints who were in Sardis. And we'll begin by noting their reputation and their examination. Here's what the Bible says. The angel, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. Think for a minute about the times in your life when you have stepped inside an examination room waiting to see the doctor. The doctor comes in. He asks how you're doing, how things are going, what kind of problems you might be experiencing. He gives you what we would call a general examination. In a sense, the Lord Jesus Christ is inviting you into his examination room. And he's going to draw some conclusions about your spiritual life. Think if the Lord were to evaluate your vital signs to determine whether or not you're alive or dead. What would the conclusion be? Now as I think about the saints in Sardis and the fact that Jesus invites them into his examination room, I think about the reputation that they had among those in the city. Listen to what Jesus said. I know your works. Sometimes we go to see our doctor. And we may have a number of things that are troubling us. And we begin to list the things that are giving us problems. And there are times when after listening to everything that's going on, the doctor will conclude by saying, I'm not sure exactly what's going on. I might have to run a battery of tests and hopefully and prayerfully I can draw some conclusions. But I just can't tell you for sure. Well, Jesus said, I know your works. You have to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ has the ability to peer into your spiritual life. He knows everything about you. 
There are no gray areas. There are no hidden things in terms of what he sees and what he knows. Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3, that the eyes of the Lord are in every place. He said, beholding the evil and the good. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 23, Jesus said that he is the one who searches the reins and hearts. And he said that he will give to everyone according to their works. Does Jesus know where I am spiritually? The answer is a resounding yes. The Hebrew writer said, Neither is there any creature that is not made manifest before his sight, but all things are naked and open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Hebrews 4.13 So the Lord, he knows everything. He sees everything. He has the ability to look at the reputation that you have in the city, the neighborhood, the church. Now these people, they had a reputation. The reputation was that they were alive and well. That's what Jesus said. He said, you have a name that you're alive. Sometimes what we see with the visible eye is not necessarily all there is to the story. Jesus here said, you have a name that you're alive and well in the community. Sometimes we measure the success of an individual or the success of a church or the success of a Christian based on a number of things. But the measuring stick that we use is not the right standard. Sometimes people look at the size of the church building and the church building is not the church. We are the church. Sometimes people talk about what a beautiful building someone might worship in. The grand facilities of a campus. Well, that's not the standard. Sometimes it's on the basis of the political standing in the community. It might have to do with the prestige or the prominence of certain people. But again, that's not the standard. So we have an examination, their reputation, and then we have an evaluation. And that is the Lord's revelation to these people. I want you to listen to what Jesus said. You have a name that you're alive, but now note the powerful, penetrating words of the Savior. He said, but you're dead. There were factors that no doubt contributed to their reputation. Just like there are factors that contribute to the revelation of the Lord Jesus on this occasion. Now I think about how the Bible talks of Jesus as the great physician. And Dr. Jesus has the ability to sum up your spiritual standing. We talk about letting the Lord evaluate our lives. You know, Paul said, examine yourselves whether you're in the faith in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. It's always good to take spiritual inventory of our lives. What we need to understand is the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes inventory. And there are a number of things that can contribute to the physical death of a person. 
By the same token, there are a number of things that can contribute to the spiritual death of an individual. For example, malnutrition. If you want to die, then I would suggest just don't eat. Don't, don't take time out of your busy schedule to eat a healthy diet. And over time, guess what? You'll die. You'll die of malnutrition. I wish that we would put as much emphasis on our spiritual diet as we do our physical diet. If you do not partake of the Word of God on a regular basis, please hear me very carefully, you will die. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4, 4. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, Peter said, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The goal of every Christian ought to be to grow spiritually. If we're not feeding on the word of God, and if we're not doing that on a regular basis, we're going to die. Do you remember the people to whom the Hebrew writer addressed in Hebrews chapter 5? When he said that they had reached a point in their spiritual lives when they should have been capable of teaching others. But he said, you have need that someone teach you the first principles of the oracles of God. In other words, they needed to go back to kindergarten and relearn their ABCs. Now, most of us here today, we, we know our ABCs. And we know words, and we can make sentences, and we can read, etc. But spiritually speaking, how well do we know the Word of God? The psalmist of old said he meditated on the law of Jehovah day and night in Psalm 1, verse 2. There is a correlation in our spiritual hunger and our spiritual standing. Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. The promise is they'll be filled. It might be the case that we're hungry 24-7 when it comes to physical food. But we have no appetite for the word of God. If that's the case, we're dead. Spiritually dead. And then I think about a malignancy. How many of us have heard the sobering news from a physician. We have a cancer. That there's something within our body that is eating away. If you had a cancer in your body, if the doctor were to tell you this week that you have a malignancy and that doctor were to say, now it's not very big, would you want it out? Or would you say, just leave it alone? Let me tell you what, most of us would say we want it out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the church at Corinth had a malignancy. There was an immoral situation ongoing in that church. And Paul said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. As members of the body of Christ, sometimes if we're not careful, we can develop a malignancy, so to speak. We can become immoral in our actions, 
I'm not so naive to think that every member of the body of Christ is as faithful as he or she ought to be. There are some folks in the church, they can outdrink, they can outsmoke, they can outcuss the best of people in the world. If that's the case, according to what Dr. Jesus would say, you're dead. We need to think very carefully about where we stand with the Lord. Now, I understand the danger of malnutrition, some type of malignancy or cancer, and sadly, we do not view sin as a cancer, as a malignancy in our lives, but it is. And just like a cancer or a malignancy will kill you, it'll take you out of this world. It will kill you spiritually. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, to be carnally minded is death. You just live like the world. You act like the world. You just get out there and enjoy life and party day in and day out. Let me tell you what, you're in for a rude awakening one day because one day you're going to stand before the judge of all the earth and you're going to have to give an account of how you've lived here. Paul on one occasion wrote to the saints and he said, Awake you who sleep and arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. It may be the case that some of us need to awaken. And then I think not only about malnutrition and some type of malignancy, but a lack of exercise. Some of us don't like to exercise, some do. It's important. But there's something more important than physical exercise. It's called spiritual exercise. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Exercise yourself unto godliness. Bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness, he said, is profitable unto all things. How often do you exercise your spiritual senses? How do you do that? You read the Word of God. You pray to God. You worship God. You're involved in the work of God. All of those things lend to the building up of your spiritual person. The emphasis in Scripture is on the inner man, not the outer man. The emphasis of the world is on the outer man, not the inner man. Who's governing your life, the world or the Word? One or the other. It can't be both. It's one or the other. Another thing that I think about is heart disease. Some of you here today have, have heart problems, don't you? Might be that you are on medication. Might be that you've already had open heart surgery. You may have to have open heart surgery. Some have had stents placed within their arteries. Some have had bypass surgery. Spiritually speaking, did you know that you can have heart disease? You remember what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 3? He warned about the hardening of the heart, the deceitfulness of sin that leads to the hardening of the heart. If you don't take care of your physical heart, you're going to have problems. I see people today that don't take care of themselves. They don't eat right. They don't exercise. They have high blood pressure. They have diabetes. And guess what? That is a recipe for disaster because it can contribute to any number of health problems one of which is heart disease. There's some people, they take 
extreme care when it comes to the physical heart, that organ that's pumping blood in the body. But they give little or, no, little or no thought to that spiritual heart. Listen to the words of Solomon in Proverbs chapter 4. He said, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. And then there's another malady. It's called anemia. There are some people that are anemic. They're losing blood. Sometimes we talk about having, experiencing internal bleeding. If you lose your blood, you're not going to live, are you? You remember in 1 John chapter 1 when John said, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth? If you claim to be a Christian, and I think that the people in Sardis, if you had polled the membership there, they would have said, look, we're in fellowship with Christ. We're living for God. We are people that have bought into the Christian lifestyle. The problem was their practice didn't match up with their profession. There are a lot of people that claim to be a Christian. But here's the problem. If you get out in the world and you start living like the world, there is the severing of that blood, that bloodline, that blood flow, so to speak. John said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So if we're walking in the light and living according to the will of God, then the promise is we're maintaining fellowship, and the blood of Christ is constantly working in our lives. There's a second thing I want you to see in our study. We talk about Dr. Jesus and his pronouncement to the saints, but I want you to think about Dr. Jesus and his prescription to the saints. And there are some things that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to say in an effort to stimulate these people. First, he offers the remedy. And then secondly, he offers a reminder. First, the remedy. Listen to what is said in verse 2. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. These people needed a revival, didn't they? You ever seen somebody... who experiences the stoppage of that muscle in the body that we call the heart. And sometimes they will take those electronic paddles and place them on the chest of an individual. And they will literally shock that person in an effort to restart the heart. It might be the case that you're here today and you need to be revived. You need to have the light and life of Christ back in your life. Jesus said, be watchful, strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. It might be that you're here today and you're dead. You are spiritually dead. 
The only thing we're waiting to do is just throw some dirt on you. It might be the case that you're here today and you're about to die. If that's the case, you need to be revived. There's a second thing Jesus offers by way of remedy. He said, remember. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard and hold fast. Let me just pause there for a minute. Do you remember when you became a Christian? Do you remember when you stood before family and friends and you acknowledged that you believed Jesus to be the Son of the living God? Do you remember that day? Did you know that when you put the Lord on in baptism... That you said, in effect, you're done with the world. What you were saying was you're going to live for Christ. When you were baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, God added you to the church. The importance of being in the church is Christ is the Savior of the body, Ephesians 5.23. You remember that day? I suspect you do. You remember how happy you were, how joyous the occasion was? Sometimes we need to reflect back on when we we became a Christian. Something's happened. We've lost the fire. You know, in marriage, if a marriage is going to work, it takes two, doesn't it? Both the husband and wife have to put 100% into that relationship or it's not going to work. It can't be a one-sided affair. As Christians, we are said to be married to Christ, Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Let me ask this question. How much are you putting into your relationship with the Lord? If you neglect your spouse, over time, that marriage is going to die. If you, if you neglect your relationship with Christ, over time, that relationship will die. So he said, remember. And then there is the resolve. Listen to what he says. Hold fast. Some of us need to understand that Christianity is not a race like a sprint, but rather it's a marathon. We're in this thing until death. There are going to be highs and lows, good times, bad times, peaks and valleys. Whatever comes our way, we're going to resolve to hold fast, to be faithful faithful unto Almighty God. Then listen to what Jesus said. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, hold fast, and repent. That means to change your conduct. It means to change your lifestyle. To change how you're living. Now, bear in mind that the Lord here is talking to Christians. He's talking to people that are members of the body of Christ. And he's saying, look, you've got a reputation out, out in the world that you're alive and well. And I'm here to tell you you're dead. Now, here's the remedy. You want, to get, you want to get back in fellowship? You want to do, you want to do what the prescription says? It's called repentance. Could I challenge you today? Look at your spiritual life. Evaluate where you are. If you need to repent, I would encourage you to do that. Because you see, there's a reminder here by the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. 
and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. What the Lord was saying to the church at Sardis is this. You just keep living like you're living, acting as if it doesn't matter whether or not you're a Christian, acting as if it doesn't matter whether or not you are a shining light for Christ. And I'll come in judgment on you. And I'll put your candlestick out. You will cease to wear my name in the community. There's a third thing I want you to see. And that is Dr. Jesus and his promise to the saints. First, there is a promise addressed to those who are obedient. Secondly, there is a promise addressed to those who overcome. Look at verse 4. Jesus said, You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. And he said, They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The Lord is saying, Even among this congregation, a congregation that is dying or dead and rotting. There are a faithful few that are living as they ought to be living. Here's what Paul said, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, inasmuch as you know that your labor is not vain in the Lord. So the obedient, now somebody might ask the question, how important is obedience? Well, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 14, the Bible says, Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and enter through the gates into the city. So there's a promise extended to those who are obedient, and then there's a promise extended to those who overcome. Listen to verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before the Father and before his angels. When you became a Christian, God placed your name in the book of life. In Hebrews chapter 12, the Hebrew writer said, To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, now listen to him, who are registered in heaven, the expression, the church of the firstborn, is rooted in the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 13, when God told the children of Israel to set apart the firstborn. And the reason he said is because it is mine. When we obey the gospel, what the Lord's saying is, you're mine, you belong to me. Paul said, you're not your own, you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So the writer is addressing those who are the church of the firstborn. And then he said, who are registered in heaven. That means when you obeyed the gospel, became a member of the church, God put your name in the book of life. The implication here is that if we don't live as we should, then what happens? Just as surely as our name is recorded in the book of life, it can be removed. Listen again to what he said. He who overcomes will be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Let me ask this question. Is your name in the book of life? 
If you obeyed the gospel, your name was placed in the Lamb's book of life. Now, it might not be there right now, but it was at one time. If you're spiritually dead, it's not there. You can get it back in the book of life, but right now, it's not there. One day, we're going to stand before God. And we're going to give an account of the deeds done in the body according to what we've done, whether good or bad. I want you to listen to what Jesus said in closing to the saints at Sardis. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What the Lord is saying is, you better listen to what I'm saying to you. Jesus said, take heed how you hear. He would say, take take heed what you hear. Some years ago, I had the opportunity to visit with a family in intensive care. And the brother in intensive care was dying. And of course, he had machines around him, and they were monitoring a number of things, one of which was his heart rate. And the doctor said, I'm going to turn off the ventilator, which meant he was going to die. And so he did that. And I remember standing in that intensive care unit. And every couple of three minutes, that heart rate would drop. And when that heart rate would drop, a sound would go off. And every time it dropped and made that sound, it was riveting. This went on for a period of time. At some point, I began to think, I just hope it will be fast. Please let this end. It went on for a period of time until he was declared dead. Now the Lord Jesus Christ, he knows where you are. You're in his exam room. He's checking your vitals. You're either alive or you're dead. He can pronounce you alive. By the same token, he can pronounce you dead. You ever happened up on a scene of an automobile accident and their bodies strewn out on the street, beside the street. The coroner comes, begins, begins to check individually the people who are lying on the ground. He begins to say, he or she's dead. He or she's dead. He or she is dead. What would the Lord say about you spiritually? The greatest thing in the world is to be a Christian. And I'm pleading with you today. Live like you ought to live. As a parent, you have small children. You be an example to those children. You have them here in Bible study and worship. 
You act like a Christian. You live like a Christian. You be faithful to God because I promise you, there'll come a day when your children are gone and grown. And if they're not faithful, you'll ask the question, why didn't I live like I should have lived? Sometimes I'd like to just shake people because I just don't think some folks get it. It may be you're here today and you don't get it. You need a wake-up call. You need to be awakened. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, here's what you need to do. Believe Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, 24. You need to repent of your sins, Acts 2, 38. Confess His name before others, Matthew 10, 32, and be baptized into Christ so that all your sins will be washed away, Acts 22, 16. God will put you in the church, Acts 2, 47. And if you're faithful till death, the Lord will bless you with a home in heaven. If you're here and you're not what you ought to be, I plead with you. Think about where you are. And more importantly, think about where you want to be one day. It might be you're thinking about what you're going to eat, what you're going to do this afternoon. What you need to be thinking about is where you're going to be in eternity. As we stand and sing.